this afternoon with Lois Casiaro and Dion Mifsud. Thank you guys very much for joining me. Actually, this was the idea of Lois Casiaro, although when he, we did speak, I thought, what a great idea. Why didn't I think of it? He's obviously thought about it before me. It's wonderful to have them because they are, well, Dion is, um, his daughter has his kidney. So his daughter has received um, a transplant of his kidney. So he is a donor yep. and your daughter is a recipient. And Lois is a recipient who has had nothing less than a new heart That's right. um, from somebody. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable that these things can happen. I've just heard on the radio today that they've transplanted a womb for the first time in the UK into a 34-year-old lady and her sister has donated her womb. She'd had her children and it's worked. So it's amazing what is being done at the moment. Um, I want to hear both your stories. I'm sure everybody else does as well. Um, Lois, shall we start with you? Okay. Okay, so you have somebody else's heart. Uh, that's right. I, I, I started having heart problems very early on in, in the early 90s. Um, I think I was wrongly diagnosed at the time. and Wrongly diagnosed? Here, here, uh, here locally in Gibraltar, yes. Yeah. Um, I, that's my, my, my perception of it. I think I was wrongly, wrongly diagnosed and um, eventually it led to more complications. Um, what, yeah, what, what kind of problems were you having in, in case anybody's listening? What, what, how do you start? B chest pains or? Well, I, I, I had um, an, an MI, a cardiac infarction originally. I had started with chest pains, uh, palpitations, uh, sweatness, and I was told that most probably because I was 33, it was muscular. Wow, 33, I, okay. I was training seven days a week at that time, yeah. so I, I, I didn't put my notes in. Well, I'm 33, I'm training, so. Carry on. Training as in you were a fit person? I was fit. I was playing hockey at the very top level back in the day. I was in the fire service, uh, so I was extremely fit. Yes. Yeah. So I, I went along with that advice. Yeah. And then one evening it just kicked in and uh, <laughs> it happened. And because of that, I had serious scarring in my heart. And, uh, because of the heart attack. Because of the heart attack, which I think would have been prevented. It wasn't, uh, but luck, unfortunately. And um, towards 2006, 2007, I was implanted with a what they called an ICD, an implantable cardioverter defibrillator, which actually... In, into your body. Into my body, into my left side of the chest. And they do all that, obviously, in the UK. In the UK, in Guyton St. Thomas, where I became a patient for about nine or ten years. Wow. And, and I gradually got far worse because my ejection fraction, the ejection fraction of the heart is around 50% for a normal person, 40-50%. My ejection fraction went to around 6%, which I was basically sold four to six weeks. So I had to go on to a, a transplant list. I, I four went, to six weeks what? That you were going to four live? Four to six weeks duration, yes. <laughs> Life expectancy. What? Yes, I was told that at, at the hospital. Four to six weeks. So I was put on the transplant list. Oh my goodness, how, I, how that must have impacted your family. My, well, family you? yeah. uh, my family were very positive all the time. I mean, I probably was the most negative one. Really, so, really? Yeah. I, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> so, so sometimes you yeah. hear when people are diagnosed with things like this, that actually they react better and the families are the ones who, who have the, you know, a problem. It was awful for you. Oh, well, no, it was awful, but I, I knew that there was a big battle to fight. And yes. I sort of like put down the hatches and said, well, no, this is the only way to fight. You know, I yeah. had to concentrate on myself and go through this. And a battle to fight meaning what? That you had to find a heart transplant? No, the battle to fight is getting into the right zone to be able to say, right, if I do manage to get a transplant, this is going to be a lengthy process, as Dion will now, will now concur with me when he speaks about his daughter and his experiences. 
and I, I just got down and a bit of grittiness and I don't know, like into the trenches uh, type of uh, yeah and and, and that was it. And, I, and it really helped me. It helped me. I managed to pull through. Uh, the transplant came through. But you were, so then, when you started with this, you were told four to six weeks. Yes. You didn't know if you had a transplant. You didn't no, know there was a donor. I was told uh, around four years the wait. So you had to literally stay in hospital all that time on a machine to keep you alive. And I was no. I was put on a, a medication, a very strong medication, and I was only allowed to to leave the hospital because my premises were like three, four hundred meters away from the hospital. I couldn't leave the area area from, from around the hospital. Uh, but then I, I gradually got a bit worse, believe it or not, and I was put on the urgent list. And once on the urgent list, within two weeks, I received my heart. And is that normal that it takes two weeks or can it take a lot longer? It can take a lot longer because a lot of things come into account here. There's the blood type... Your yes. size, yes. Uh, male, female, many really, things all that, affects, all that affects. It, it's, it, you go into a national bank in the UK, so I was extremely lucky that it was for me, basically. Couldn't have been, I, I, it's very hard to say, but there was a 36-year-old man beside me, uh, could have been my son, and he died, unfortunately, because he didn't receive his heart on time. And I was obviously 30 years his, his elder, so it was very hard. Wow. And not only that, I think the worst thing in my case is that Somebody has to die to save me, which goes yes. at the back of your mind. Yes, yes. So you don't desire yes. for anybody's death, no. really. So uh, yeah, that's hard. heavy, heavy to and deal to cope, to, to cope with afterwards. At the beginning, no? afterwards, yes. afterwards, yes. and then go into that. Yeah. yeah. So you're there, and then you're told you get worse, and you're told somebody has passed away. We have a donor heart. Then yeah. what happens? Then I was called in. Because uh, because you can reject it as well. There's absolutely. all that to think of as absolutely. well, I guess. That is why I think Dion will now explain yeah. as well. I, yeah. I, I had to stay 15 months in the UK. There was a process of 11 months of uh, biopsies, which went through the neck. They used to take a, a sample through the neck from my heart. And I was very lucky that in 11, 12 biopsies, I had no rejection. Wow. No rejection. I, um, uh, I Afterward, this is after they put the heart in. After they put how, the heart how was in. that process, the whole process of having the transplant? When you, when you, because they put you to sleep and they're going to remove your heart completely. That's right. They, I they, mean, they connect you to an artificial heart. Yes. And then they remove the heart. There's an heart. artificial heart machine. Yes. The operation took about, I was told, because <laughs> around nine, nine, nine hours. Um, but I still remember going there and I, I told the doctor I was going to operate on me. I said, well, good luck. <laughs> and he looked back at me and says, I don't need good luck. It's you who needs it. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm saying, oh, my God, I'm about to be wheeled in. And I don't think he's liked my remark. I didn't know what to say, but, basically. But didn't it give you reassurance that he knew exactly? Ab what? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely, he, absolutely. I think he gave you the right answer. The right, he was, he was right honest. Answer. He was honest. And I said, well, look, yes, if, if, look anything, at your if anything's going to happen, that was it. So from there, I, yeah, we, so, we, we, so you wake up. And I woke up, yes. and the first thing I remember waking up saw my wife. Yes, la pobre, la pobre. <laughs> I thought, you know, no, I'm not dreaming, this is very... <laughs> you're awake, you're alive. I was very, very lucky, because they told me originally four weeks in hospital, but within 13 days I was out of the hospital. I, I, I started walking after three days, and 13 days later I was out. 
without transfer. 13 days 13, later. 13. And, Not and even what, a fortnight. Why was that? Just because everything went so everything well? Everything went very well. They were very happy. In fact, I didn't want to leave. And the doctor said, look, you're perfectly all right. Most people live within 21 to 28 days. But in your case, it's different. I didn't want to leave the hospital. But yes, I, w- I left after 13 days. And, and how were you, Louis? Fine, I, my, my, my could, you walk, could you walk around? I, I was walking around, but I was walking around with a, with a towel. They, they, they do like, a, like a, a, a roll towel onto your chest because obviously your, 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 your whole chest is opened up for compression, so you hold it tight, so if you cough or anything. And I was like that for about four or five weeks. But eight weeks after my transplant, I was driving. Incredible. I was driving and I was walking 10 days after how, coming out. How did you feel afterwards from how you felt before? New. Incredible. Really? Uh, totally different. I, I could walk, my color was different, I was breathing normal. Uh, there's a lot of things that you've got to get accustomed because um, once you, you've got a transplant, whether it's a kidney, heart, liver, you, you go into immune suppressants. And immune suppressants has their own unique side effects as well. but. Nothing compared right. to what having massive heart problems mm. are. So it's worth having it done. I mean, it's life-saving. Oh, it's life-saving. You, life-saving. You, you have no choice, basically. I, I, in my case, I had no choice. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's a conception out there that um, that a transplant is a cure, but it's far from that. Yeah. It's more than a cure. It's just a remedy for to, for you to have a, an easier life. Yeah. You know? Um, Tell us what happened to your daughter. I, I actually remember when she was born, I think. Yeah, Mia was, um, Mia was born with ARPKD. And, um, what is that? Which it just basically creates little cysts in the kidneys. She was, she, she was born with a very big stomach. And what it was was the kidneys that was... Were not working yeah, properly. Yeah. And she was born like that? She was born like that. And did, did you know this before she was no, born? No, we did. We did um, We did go privately and they said that the kidneys seemed a bit bigger than than usual, but we got it tested here in in the nursing Bernard's hospital, but they said it didn't seem... They didn't seem to be... Mm, anything. Yeah. Um, anyway, that just know, knowing this beforehand wouldn't wouldn't have helped, yeah. but it would have helped us maybe go over there and prepare ourselves for, yeah. for what was coming. Yeah. But no, but, but getting back to when she was born, she was born, um, and two days she was having difficulty breathing. After two days? After two days she was having difficulty breathing, um, and obviously it was because the kidneys were Not pressuring, his, pressuring against her lungs her and she couldn't breathe. So we weren't sure why we were going over to UK, so we were flying, flown over to UK, and then, and then once there they did the test, they told us what it was. Wow. Uh, I think after uh, after two weeks, they removed her first kidney because they were only working at about ten percent each. Right. Firstly, they tried to see how they work and see if they can if, they, if she can think, carry on yeah. living with. Yeah. But it, <coughs> it wasn't working. Excuse and me. How, and uh, how was it dealing with you and your partner? How were you dealing with um, all that and the little one, newborn? I mean, it's <sighs> yeah, it, it is hard, but Terrible. you fly over, and I, I think Louis can tell you, you go over and you're living it, and yeah. you're not living it. You're like I don't know, you just an automatic you, pilot you, a exactly, little bit. Exactly, you're automatic pilot, automatic pilot, and you just go and and go through with with, with what happens. You know, um, after one week, they, they so they removed the, they, they removed, removed her kidney, kidney after a week, one like a kid- week, one week old. Well, one one kidney to see if, if it, that would give her more space to breathe and mm. and all that. But um, there was no improvement. Then we had to go into Piku to intensive care with her. Uh, she was intubated and everything. Um, 
They would spend there for weeks, but they removed they 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 removed the other kidney. I can't remember now. Uh, maybe it was two weeks later they removed the other kidney. Gosh. Um, so she was at two weeks old with. She had no kidneys. No dialysis. kidneys. Dialysis. And then we did dialysis for two years, twelve twelve hours oh. every single night. Oh my goodness! Um, so did she go on to a donor list there and then? Uh, first we spent we spent um, we spent eight months in hospital. Eight months in hospital, and then we had to both Danielle and I had to be trained in dialysis, so we could dialyze her. Because as 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 Louis said before, uh, they suppress you, so so that you can you you can you can catch any infection very very easily. So obviously, being in a hospital isn't wasn't the safest place for her. So that's maybe why you were asked to leave so quickly. Yes. Uh, that- that's, uh, That's like one of the reasons, no? Once you become immunosuppressed, you, you have to lead a bit of a more secluded life, especially at the beginning, or as many other types of food and water and stuff that we have to yeah. live for the rest of our life with certain things. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, I'll, talk, I'll talk about that later. Yeah. So carry on telling me. Yeah. So, um, so we did eight months. How, how was she, Dion? How was it seeing your daughter going through that? I mean, I still get emotional when I, when yeah, I see. Yeah, of course. Uh, just today, a video came out because a little uh, n- uh, news clip came out on ITV News about Mia. Um, really? Yeah, I can send you the link, and maybe you can. You can I put it out with this. Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so yeah, it was very difficult, you know, and especially having other children here in Gibraltar, you know. And, oh, you, yes, yeah, who yeah, you yeah. had to leave behind. Yeah, who I had to leave behind. Um, Gosh. And and the thing is, I think. You can concur on this, look, uh, it's a very lonely process too, yeah. because, I mean, it's fantastic what we the, get the, the and, all the, and, and all the treatment and, and everything fantastic. is fantastic, but mm. you go over there and, mm. and that's it. Yeah. You're over there, mm. you know? You're alone. Um, and that, and it's, a, it's a bit of out of, out of out of sight, out of mind, you know? Um, I don't think that the, the, the GHA has taken hold of this. I mean, the other charities are, are well supported in this, but... I think there are about 17 to 20 transplanted patients in Gibraltar, all sorts, heart, kidney, liver. Um, but once you're there, you know, sometimes, you, I think Dean was over, what, for nearly three years? Four years. Four years. Four I years. You, you lived yeah. in England four years. Four years. Four years. Uh, Danielle had to stop working. I, I obviously lost... Uh, uh, you're, you're at work. I mean, yeah. what do you do with work? And... <laughs> For and, me it was, and financially, and for me it was very how worrying very on top of the worry of your Especially child. Having, still having to pay your mortgage of here. Of course. And, you know, uh, yeah, your children your here. Your children here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't get a choice because you want to be with get your child. You no, know, you have to be with the child. Yeah. You, have, you can't live one. You can't leave one. One parent there, dial, dialyzing and. And, and how were you, you dialyzing know? at home? I mean, at where did home. you where did you live? Did you have to rent a flat? Well, the government gave us a flat. So they, they helped yeah, you yeah, in yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. What I said about loneliness is that you, you you sort of lose contact with with your world. Your world becomes caring for your child yeah. or yourself and everything that goes with that because it's like a process. Yeah. Medication, everything. constant everything, and, and only that. You can't really you can't do much, can you, over there? Because um, you're, you're, no. you can't be in contact with people because of the infections. Exactly, exactly. You can't use yeah. public transport. Yeah. I mean, I was doing the stuff everybody told us to do during COVID. I was doing that for anyway two years before COVID anyway. came in. Mm-hmm. We had to wipe. Uh, I'm sure you were the same. You go tomorrow. We used to go to the Sainsbury's over there. We had to wipe everything, everything. down before we put the girl in the 
in the trolley, everything. You know? I actually bought a small car whilst I was in the UK, yeah, because, yeah. precisely because to avoid public transport and that. So I bought a, a second-hand car with just over yeah. a thousand pounds, a little, an old banker, just to get me from A to B, because like I said, you're immune suppressed. So you, you can't, can't use public contact, transport. Especially, especially at the very beginning, because the amount of immune suppression in the first months it's quite strong. The then amount of what the medication? Me of immune suppressants. Okay. Which yeah. are the, the, the medicines that really... Uh, are, are they in. wipe out your immune system yes. completely. Yeah, exactly. And this is why. So you don't so reject. So you don't reject. No rejection. So we don't reject. And that is for life. For life. For life. For life. Like uh, Louis, we're, we're both members of the Calpe Rowing Club. And yeah. we're always under the, <laughs> under the shade, making sure we get the shade. Because also one of the medicines affects your skin. Yeah. And you can get skin cancer. I've had it as well. So, so, he's, yeah. so there's, lo there's lots of in the last six, seven years because of, yes. because of the medication. Yes, that is yeah. really. Yeah. I didn't have no idea. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. carry on telling me okay, about so, Mia. So basically, so she's she's, had, she's she, on dialysis. She couldn't. So, she couldn't yeah. We were lucky enough that I I, that I was the same blood blood type as her, so I could yeah. I could pass on my kidney to her. And when did that come into your mind, like? Could you oh, well, save from, her with from, your kidney? From day one, really? we knew that this was going to be the... Oh, once they, you did? Once they, received, the, they removed both her kidneys, we knew that this Somebody was Somebody who had to donate the, or... That's it, but until they didn't get uh, stable and that with it, we didn't start the process of of transplants. Um, and then she was so so young that she needed to reach a, 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 a target weight, I think it was... Oh, Daniel's going to kill me enough for, for remembering all this. <laughs> but I, I think, could it have been... 12 kilos or I can't right, remember so but you had to hit a target weight yeah. in, in able to to be able to receive my my kidney because obviously it's a little child yes and she's receiving an adult an adult's little kidney yes how does that you your kidney is quite big yeah it just, and she they, was a they, newborn they just yeah they put it at the front oh, in the front at the, they in put it at the front at at the age of oh my gosh when we got there she was two so we yeah we spent Two years dialyzing her until she was ready for. And then she yeah. has the transplant. And yeah. how does that go? Uh, um, it was. It's. It's still difficult to think about it. You know, um, especially when you, you think. You. I'd. I'd, I'd think. Well, don't. I'd be ne right next to her. No. But we were in different hospitals. You know. Oh, <laughs> you see, everybody has, has the same. Everybody has the same reaction. You were in different hospitals, hospitals. When, when she you was at Evelina's. Yes, and I was at Guy and St Thomas. Yes, where you were. No, no. I no. was in. I was lucky because I, I was I was um, taking an ambulance from Guy and St Thomas to Royal Pub within Cambridgeshire, which is a heart and lung transplant hospital. And that's what I say because it's a different comparison to to Odeon's in London. I, I, Papua is a small village with about six hundred people, and it was very easy for my recuperation. Yes, because it's away from the fast yes. drive, a very quiet village, yes. yeah. and it was just. That's why you had a car. That is why, because I had to move around. I was in the middle of the countryside. Dion was in London. Well, it's, yeah. it's another story. AMS have over thirty years of experience in accountancy, audits, tax, business consultancy, and fiduciary services in Gibraltar. Our team ensures that both companies and individuals receive quality service with our performance guided by common principles, with our company's philosophy centered in getting to know our clients' objectives and needs. We have a close relationship with our clients who, irrespective of size, will receive an efficient and cost-effective service. 
We offer our experience in relation to the setting up and conducting business in a tax-efficient manner in Gibraltar, offering assistance during all the stages of the process to ensure a smooth establishment of operations. We also offer a comprehensive, efficient and cost-effective payroll service which provides our client that peace of mind they require that all aspects of their payroll is being well looked after by our team of dedicated individuals. AMS, a one-stop shop for all your accountancy and fiduciary needs. For more information, visit our website at www.ams.gi or you can call us at 200 788840. So, yeah, it was a, it was, transplant was very difficult to go through. I mean, I was lucky enough for my, to my mum to come over. Um, Danielle's mother was there too for the transplant to help her out. My grandmother who lives in London was a was big, big help. And my uncle Patrick. Uh, mm. I think my dad was unwell then. Uh, my uncle Patrick, he came over and, and looked after me. So, That's great. So it was difficult. At, at the end of the day, for me, giving the, the, the kidney wasn't really a big deal. You know, I my mean, dad, anybody would have done that. Um, and I never thought of the repercussions at, on me. Um, but then I did feel a few, a few <laughs> you, 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 you know, there's a mental aspect, you know what I mean, Louis Badoletto. Massive. They say even athletes who train, it's more about your mental, um, how you deal with things, no? You're, yeah, yeah, but, um, you, but this no, is nothing, like you go, nothing prepares you for this. I'm sure. I don't think nothing can prepare you for this. Nothing can prepare for you. It's going back to the transplant. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember saying bye to to her the day before because Mia, we we had it. We had. I remember I went into a bad depression after this because, as he said, you get ready for the transplant and everything was set up. This was a month before the actual plans, transplant happened. We had a date before. Um, she went off the night before, and I got ready to go to hospital the following day. In the morning, I woke up. Got all my stuff ready to go. Ordered the taxi, and they called us that the transplant wasn't happening that day because she had a cold. So uh, you can imagine all well, the adrenaline is up, up, up. And I, and happened to me three times. Uh, three times. Three times. Which doesn't but they really, cancelled your transplant. But what happens? You I, had somebody else's heart each I, time. Once you sign, at least in my case, I think it's similar. You, you sign some papers at the hospital, and the transplant team takes over completely. You don't have a say in it. Yep. The transplant team then decides whether. In my case, the transplanted heart comes in a condition that is good enough to transplant or not. So the first one came in, like he says, I was prepared to go in the drip, everything into theatre in the last minute. Doctors come out, we had a look at it. We're not going to transplant it. An anticlimax. I go back. Five days later, I called back in again. It was the same thing happened just before theatre. And I'm saying, two in ten days, it's not going to come. I'm not even going to make it. And then two weeks later, third time lucky. Yeah. And three different people who had died and given hearts. And the only information I was given was because we, you have to go through a transplant coordinator. In this case, it is the dad. But I wanted to find out to. to you say, wanted to find out to say, to say to thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, I think it's a normal thing to do. But the, you see that on TV yeah. and programs. But they didn't. The, the fa- they it's a family that have to contact you through it, and they didn't want to contact me. And the only information I got. Oh, that's really sad. Was. Um, East Anglia, male, mid-30s. Somebody must have died and they're probably quite yeah. cut up about it and maybe... My, my heart was a dead-beating heart. There are two types of heart, which is something oh. relatively... My heart was number 19 in the UK, one nine. 
It's very, very new technique that before you had to be blinded, but now the, the, it's an unbeating So what, ha- what does that mean? It means that once you are A person dead, had died. A person had died. They and put it onto this machine, which they have now. And they kept it beating until they put it inside you. And the results are exactly the same as the beating heart. It's exactly the same. The same results are that. And it's, this has added some extra, a lot of people being saved recently, because they're now into the, well into the three, three or four hundreds that they've transplanted in six years. Well, but how work. do they get somebody who's died straight away? No, because I know obviously they're going to die. They're in hospital, they're ready uh, dying, and then so there's not somebody like from an accident. Have, they actually have to leave, leave, leave them to die for a number of minutes, and then they they kickstart the heart. It's a different procedure to the other one where you're brain dead. And they have to have allowed that to happen precisely, because it has to be done straight be away yeah. after they pass away. That has to be signed by, oh, by and all the moral And all the moral things that go yes, with us yes, for yeah. the family and for the person so, receiving it. As what Ian was saying, it's something very emotional that you have to do, especially yes, after the incident. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with you it was different because it was your kidney and you had no, yeah, there was no... For me at the time, for me at the time, it wasn't like, as I said before, it wasn't a big deal. Come on, let's, let's get this over to to her, no? uh, for me, like I left the hospital the following day because I wanted to see my daughter. How did you feel after the op? Uh, how did I feel physically, after the op? Physically, physically, um, emotionally, you were probably. A, I, a me- I felt very tired after the mm. op. I felt very tired after the op. I mm. think it took, it did take a lot out of me. Um, but I think me- the mental aspect of it was probably worse. what really, worse. what really tired me out. You know. Yeah. Um, and you were desperate to see your see, baby. See, see. I, the next day I was there. And how was she? I left. She was jumping in the bed. No me diga. Yeah. No amazing, me diga. Amazing. 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 Really? And, yeah. it, and it, it, went, it all went well? It all went well. We saw yeah. her first pee-pee. Look, because that's the sign that it yes, works. Yes, the first pee-pee. Little bag. That's the, so that's the first time she had peed at the age of two? Naturally. See, she's never peed. She's never peed before. If the kidneys don't work, you can't. You can't. So how would they... Oh, my gosh. That was the, that's why the... the so at the beginning, when she was the, born, the how do they get... The dialysis. Of course. The, the dialysis oh, cleans. So with dialysis, you don't you actually clean your pee. Body. No, no, you don't pee. Oh, it you don't your pee. body for you. You have no kidney, so where's the... Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, there's no... She had a... She had a... She had a it was called... Oh, I can't remember the, the, the name of the dialysis. I never thought of that. It, it actually no. goes into her perennial... Oh, I remember now. But so this was the first liquid, time... Basically, liquid was put in yes, into her, yes. cleans everything, and then it was brought out. Right. So she never actually did a wee? No, until the transplant. Until that, and how was that? How was that for her? Because she was two. No, I was wiped out in bed, and it was... Uh, I give it. Yeah, it was all through a catheter, so... I give it. Yeah. And, and, and also, and also, what came, I don't know if it happened, happened to you, but when she didn't feed, she didn't eat for two years either. What do you mean? Uh, Why? Because apparently, when 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 they, they remove your kidneys, all the foods uh, taste really funny. Okay. Yeah. They, every, apparently, everything tastes like iron. Okay. <laughs> I've never bitten iron, iron, but yeah, that's what no, they say. no, but I can understand. Like it's probably when you taste blood, yeah, not yeah, you taste yeah, yeah, yeah. like they say. So, yeah. so she was also um, fed via yeah. With a nose yeah, tube yeah, thing. Yeah. So and now, I mean, how is she now? Now she sort of she's everything. She. <laughs> how is she recovered? For me, that she's in hospital now. Oh. Yeah. Last last week she wasn't. She had to be induced into a coma. Oh. Yeah, and uh, blue lighted to Malaga. Why? She's currently in hospital. Um, Infection. She got an infection. No, no. Obviously, she. Does has, she, she go to school? Does she, she have like a normal? She goes to school normally. She goes to Saint Martin's school, but um, 
she she did she does miss a lot of school she, she misses a lot of school yep mm. um yeah again she had signs of infection she had mm. a high temperature but they this this is how ill they can get they she's she's feeling ill she's got a high temperature mm. you take the bloods out and there's still infection markers haven't risen Right. Okay, so so but her body is showing yeah, these signs again, like yeah. straight she away. She had a temperature of 39.6. Gosh. In the morning we took her in and then at 6 o'clock in the afternoon, 6:03 in the afternoon because I was I was looking at my I looked at my phone. Um she had a fit. She had a fit, stopped breathing and Oh my gosh. And is this the first time something no, like this she, has happened? She's had she's had she had seizures before when she was younger and she had after after she had two rejection episodes. and she had five episodes of um oh so the number of the uh when you get the blood infection in the blood <coughs> sepsis sepsis yeah yeah and on so wednesday she hasn't it, it's she's been well she's been able to not have dialysis yeah, but exactly. she has had some complications <laughs> yeah lots of complications but apart from the complications it's still fantastic that she is so well of course, compared of I mean course, she's of course you know now we can we can, yeah. we can have a bit of a she can family, enjoy life a normal bit fa- no, no, normal say, family that's life it, that's it for what us. are they what are they apart from the the head the, 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 the your, your head space when these things are going you know afterwards Louis, you said something and i wanted to touch upon it um knowing that somebody's died to give you something i mean not in your case yeah, Dion, yeah. but how, do, how you said you found that quite hard I, after the after the operation yes at the beginning i, I wasn't i was just concentrating yeah, on myself better, and getting yeah, better yeah, yeah, yeah. but then it hits you it and hits that you. is why I, at least i was offered some um psychological help at the beginning and i said being a typical you were saying i i don't, I don't need, need it, it. yes uh, but then I, you do <laughs> I need it I, yeah, of course I, you I need it i said no so but then you do need it of course you need it once you once you got the transplant and the, the medication is partly partly that you become very emotional with many things yeah, um, definitely uh, remember that more, I, more than normal more than normal and i'll tell you for example in the case of the heart they they get They, they, when they do the transplant, they, they connect the main arteries. You lose a lot of minor veins and stuff. For example, the ones that control some, some types of emotion to your brain, others that, for example, regulate the heartbeat. A normal heart beats between 60 and 70 beats. Transplanted heart beats 110, 120. Really? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. My heart is around that, so it's double. And that's normal for you? Oh, it's normal, perfectly normal for transplanted people, but it takes its toll because at the end of the day, you seem that you've been running a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's normal. It's getting oh accustomed to those Gosh. changes. Small sacrifice to pay, but you've got to yes. get accustomed to those things. And like Dion says, Mary, a minor infection can be well, a huge thing. Have you had? Have you had? I've had a few, but I managed to uh, because of my age and I'm wise and I'm not the yeah, same yeah, as yeah. a baby. I managed. Uh, I better prevention, better and cure. I prick myself with something. Yeah, I better go and get some antibiotics because not, you cannot have a, a lot of types of antibiotics. It has to be specific types. Okay. And like I was saying before, you're not allowed to have tap water either because there could oh. be some viruses in that. Yeah. You cannot mix fish and meat in a, in, 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 on a fridge. Um, uh, there are certain really? types of seafood you can't have because of the risk of infection. Um, For life, all this. Yes. Oh, so yes, you have yeah. two, two fridges. 
Uh, what, what we do is we compartment take the, the meat yes. from from the and the poultry from the fish. Uh, I'm not much of a fish eater, so I'm fighting that aspect. But you've got to be careful. And sometimes I make mistakes. Yeah. I'm an adult, but I, but I forget. I make mistakes. When, yeah. when we what struggle are the main with, things with we, you, Dion, with, when, you, with Mia? When what we struggle with her is that she she's nonverbal. She's nonverbal. Oh, she's nonverbal. Yeah, yeah. She she's autistic, so that's that oh, has a gosh. after after a year of being here. She was she was diagnosed with autism. Right. Um. So that's <clears> further complicated <throat> things. You know, she she can't express herself. Yes. She can't. So we have to have. Siempre tenemos una mosca está la oreja, como se dice, ¿no? We we need sí. to um. Siempre. And can she? And do you? Thing, I'm, when I need a little thing, it's like, oh, oh what's going to happen? Is she, she in she her goes, own world? Uh, Mm, no, no, she's quite aware of. She's aware she, of she things, and she, she knows who you yes, are, knows yes, yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's a very happy girl. Yeah, like very, very, very happy girl. Swimming and with very, her iPad and stuff. Very, very happy girl. But to say con con autism and and that brings its its difficulties. Yeah, the men, no? because you and, don't know what she's. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to be monitoring her all the, the time. time. She can't say, hey, uh, she can't say, my head hurts, my knee hurts. It's always trying to guess what's going. On, no? yeah. uh, but I must, I must say that Danielle is, is a superb mom. Superb. She's been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's making me emotional now too. Um, what a, what a, I mean, it's quite hard to ask this. The life expectancy for you and mm. for, for Mia. Um, what, what have they told you about it? Life expectancy when she was when she was born when she was born she's a tough cookie. She was given a ten percent chance to, to when we got there. You know, she looks. They told me, and then look, she's got like a ten percent chance of making it. Yeah. But she made it. Yeah. And after that, and with that life expectancy and in kidney transplants, and that's it's like a normal child. Now there's no danger. The only danger is is obviously kidney rejection. Average. And can she still reject even though she's had the kidney? How long See, has she had right the right kidney right now? Look, average the average the average um, life of a kidney for a kid like that is ten years. Okay. We've been through five already, so maybe she's five. had it for five already. So, maybe so five. how old is she? She's seven now. Is she really? Yes, she's seven now. Uh, we've been three years back to Gibraltar. Um, okay. Well. And and see, me the always get of it's always uh, obviously now we we have a bit of signs of kidney rejection this week too. Ah, you have. See, because it's very similar uh, when you get to infection, an infection or kidney rejection. The, the the signs are all very much the, the same, you know. They all point at the, so it's it's also not very easy to. I guess uh, there's so many complications. Like today, now they can't get the blood out because she's they've been taking blood out of the veins for so long. But her veins are not the. the and how best. does she how does she deal with all this? She's smiling. I didn't love If you see if you see, if you are I'll show you the photo. If you see the photo of her on Wednesday evening, and you see the photo of her today, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it. Really? You wouldn't believe it. Wow, what a story. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for sharing it. Um, tell me something else. How living back to, you come back to Gibraltar, Louis, with your with your new heart after living in England for fifteen months. Well and but, then what life is different again because you're in a little village in England dealing yeah. with all this and then you come to Jib suddenly like Densely populated, I, I, no <laughs> yeah. more chances of infection. Yeah, but let me tell you one thing. Let me when when you're when you're transplanted the heart, they say that if you survive a year, usually you survive three. If you reach the three-year market, you're bound to survive five. If you hit the five-year, it's a good chance you hit the ten. And, and after how many? the ten, it's 
Nobody knows. I'm on seven years now. Seven years. But I'm, I go twice a year to Royal Papworth for my checkups, and I sit down with people in the clinics who are 20, 23, 24, 15 years. Which with, heart, with transplant, transplant heart, with which heart. Gives you, which yes. gives you quite a bit of confidence. Yes. Well, look, you know, having decent normal lives. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. That's very good. But to come back to your question, I, and I had to thank my, my, my wife and my children and my family and friends because they really supported me. We managed, out of something bad, we got something good. We always wanted to leave Gibraltar, but we never did when we were young. I, I got into the fire service, and I said, no, this is a career, a good career move for me. I eventually ended up as chief fire officer, it was a good one. But we always wanted to leave, and we took that time in the UK to really appreciate, we, and I was lucky because I was a pensioner. So I was lucky. When you, I, I when you went, you were already a pensioner. I, I was a pensioner, so we decided to travel once I was fine, go to little villages here and there. For me, the life was lovely in the UK. When I came back to Gibraltar, it was more hectic. Yeah. Obviously, happy because all my family were here. They had yes. to come and see me, but we managed to fulfill one of our dreams, which was to live in a village in the UK. So out of something bad, wanted. something good yes. came out Well, of it. it always happens, no? Well, what about you, Dion? Is there anything for, good that's come out of me, this? Good, good. Uh, well, apart from that, you have your daughter with you. Good, yes, that for sure. Uh, good, it's proved how, how, how strong we can be as a family. Has it changed? Um, Has it changed you as a person and your as, partner? As, yeah, definitely. 100%. Really? The, the thing is, what I found was I was going to get to, okay, I mean, the main aim always for us was to get back home with Mia healthiest. I suppose you you were the same. Right? But when you come back, you're not the same person. Yes. So your images of your life again, as as when when you when before all this happened, but when you come back, you you find it's very very different. I mean, it's, even though you brought it, it, it is a very lonely life. No, even you're here with with it, it is lonely because I don't know. You don't feel you don't you, feel that people understand. That's why I think it's important. <clears throat> to realize that transplant isn't uh, a cure. It's a therapy. It's really hard for Louis and my daughter to to live a normal life. It's very hard and, and sometimes you, you feel secluded, don't you? Sometimes I do, yes, sometimes I do. Uh, but it's getting accustomed to, getting accustomed to it. And, and in my case, I've taken the decision that, look, whatever I have left, I have to leave it the best. Yeah. It's different yes. from than a child, but I said, look, I've lived no, but I'm sure. really good no, we, both. We are the same, yeah, but yeah, como te yeah. digo, it's always up and down, yeah. up and down, up yeah. and down. You try and then you get these little <clears throat> these little bumps on the road that bring you down a notch or two, hmm. you know? Or in the hospital otra vez, we were hoping to have a good summer, but... Uh, How long has she been there? A week? For, see, for Wednesday, <clears throat> we were blue-lighted to Malaga at midnight Wednesday. Uh, because of the breathing facilities, uh, they were, were needed from from over there in Malaga. Uh, once she that she was clear of that, but she was being brought back, and we're waiting to see if we're going to be flown back to UK or not. So we'll, right. we'll find out in the next the in the next right. few days. So because her team is over there, which which oh, is fantastic. Oh, her team is uh, there in London. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's another important thing I want to highlight. And yes. That once you're a transplant patient, you are, you are the patient for life from that hospital. For example, right. the so yeah, yeah, yeah. you will always go to that hospital, Evelina, yeah. in London. Yeah, yeah. And you will always to go to Papworth. Papworth. Uh, that, always. They write a letter saying you now become a patient That's for it. life, which is really good because once you get over, all you see are transplanted people and everything and is geared toward transplant. Maybe continuity of care, which, yes, which yes, is yes, so amazing. must amazing. be incredible. the amazing. most important thing incredible. with a thing like this, no? Yeah, that, incredible. T and tell me, you started your uh, transplant, a charity here in Gibraltar. No, it's not a charity. Tell it's, me about that. It's a support that. group. It's yes. called the, the Gibraltar Transplant Support Group. And yeah. It's only myself, Dion, and another 
uh, yes. recipient, which is Paul, Paul Imosi, who's... I know I think Paul very well. Paul is going to yes. Greece, yes. Uh, or today or tomorrow, because I, f I phoned him last night. And the idea that we started this group was to help people, like what happened to Dion. Yes, and families. And family going to over for three, four years. Yes. We don't have that aid or help in Gibraltar in yes. place. Or nobody to counsel you, nobody to advise you, nobody to yes. check up on yeah. you. What I about, found it very lonely yes. without yes. information from the GHA, very little yeah. information. What about financially? This is a, a big problem for families who go through this. Oh, I mean, right. you were a pensioner, you more or less sorted yourself out because you, you were able to. I, I was lucky that I was a pensioner, so was my wife. Not, yeah, not look, everybody look, can do you, that. You, you get given, mm -hmm. we, we got the house there, yeah. and, and they also gave you some money to be there. But at the end of the day, you're still paying the bills here in Jib too. Yes. You know, so you're paying for all your food and everything there in, in UK. And plus all, all, I mean, we had... We had our house here. We had we had to pay to the mortgage. You know? At the end, we couldn't cope, and I had to, uh, I had to, I had to get rid of it. In my case as well, I, I was given a house, uh, which is amazing and and it's, and it's really good, no? Pero pero que still que there's, there's there's things that you know you're there solo, no? Sin nadie para hablar. And as I said, out of I keep on saying that, out of sight. You felt but, like that but, a lot, no? But for for and I don't blame anyone for it, no. No. So you've set up the support group, um, Dion Lewis and Paul Mossi, um, to help other people. But you felt very lonely, Dion. You're telling yeah. me. Um, that that was a big thing for you there. You had no one to talk to, nobody to, to yep. bounce. At least now you've got Lois. I guess you two have become yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, we do. We and, do speak and very often. It's, it's, it's probably a big comfort, because yeah. it always is a comfort when you can get no, it out. I didn't know Dion before, but from the moment he came over, yeah. uh, I was already in the UK. I started messaging yeah, yeah, him yeah. to see how the baby was doing, yeah. and that's yes. how. Yeah. So what you're trying to do as two grown men is to say, look, you might need psychological support. It's good to get it out. You need 100%. to fix your head 100%. to be able to deal with this. And don't don't think, don't be macho, don't be... Well, exactly. and, help, no? and help people that and are going to be... people that are going to go through it. In our situation. Yes. Because yes. at least tell them how, yes. how it's going to happen, what's going to happen, yeah. yes. the way they can perceive it. And we, we, we've been through that. So yes. it's very important because, look, donation and, and recipients is, is here for the future. It's here to stay. A lot of people being saved uh, nowadays... Because of organ, organ transplants. Also, I found that, that uh, Aji, um, they give you a lot of help. But as you're as you're from here, we were we were in, there were certain occasions that we were the, the, we were, that Daniel was told uh, you're here trying to to get into into UK to stay here to live like. Uh, but you can anyway if you want. Like, to. Yeah, yeah. But the people that we were, we, we, were, we, were from we were sent people to talk to us to find out That's exactly what was happening. And you're going through all this. I mean, no. I, and the, and also when as being a, a donor, you get for example they would pay your they would give you a, th a three month salary. I hadn't been working, I hadn't been working, so I didn't have any any pay slips to to give them. So I lost out on that. Uh, you know there wasn't communication to have helped me with that and stuff like that. You know there's lots of things that. Who else? Helped you along the way, both of you, apart from family and friends and that. Anybody in particular? For me in particular, for me in particular was this lady in Gibraltar, okay. yeah. um, who, who was the first heart recipient in Gibraltar. Ellen. That's right. Ellen I didn't Ganesa. want to mention because she doesn't yeah. like me mentioning no. much. But for, ah. I had a phone call and I was on my bus from, from the hospital. 
And I had a phone call from her. I think my daughter had told her to phone me. And she really inspired me because I said, God, you know. She's amazing. She, she, she was already like 21, 22 yeah, years yeah. post-front and had children. And everything. Yes, said, she had a child. And a she really gave me a big boost. Yeah. And I really thanked her for that horrendously. And she, that was really that uh, thing that really yeah. motivated me a bit yeah. more. I said, oh, look, I, I've got a fighting chance here. Mm. Yeah. Um, myself, I'd have to say my family were awesome, obviously. Yes. My family were awesome. Um... Christian Mascareñas. Yes. Oh, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> he um, sponsors one of my other he podcasts. Helped, he helped me a lot, always he with did, traveling no? plans. He was amazing. Uh, Kevin Davis and Mac Olivero. Yeah. Yeah. They both came to visit me. It was good. It's very important to have it that. So I'm sure you've asked yourself the question, why do I, why have we bothered? Have you asked yourself, well, this is what my podcast is called, why bother? Um, we all ask ourselves that question. But it doesn't. Did it, did you ask yourself it? Did you did you at any time think of why am I do, why am I putting myself through this? What? No, because no. Well, I, why bother? One well, thing is you have life, to bother. You life, have no choice. Life huh? basically, you have no choice. You know, mm. I I don't know whether it is the same, but I was put it. My wife and I were put it, and my children very bleak, very very bleak. That the chances were very very bad, very very bleak, and. And my wife was saying to the point, said, well, is it really worth it if it's that bleak? And I said, look, uh, yes, yes, it is. It yeah. is because if there is a chance, I want to take it. I want to take it. And that was it. Uh, and and what, here you are. And here I am. And now I'm here ready to trying to support people who, who will be in these circumstances yeah, rather, and, rather than later. And Unfortunately. I'm getting a bit emotional with, with, you are. with this. But you are. Um, not to go, I remember. Oof. There. Yeah, so I get a bit emotional with this question because um, we asked we asked ourselves many times. Um, oh, but if, it, yeah. if it was worth us to to uh, to fight for her, because we were asked the question that if it happens, we might have to be in a situation to switch off the machine. No? Um, oh, yeah. Well, you haven't, and she's here. Yeah, and but, you oh, keep fighting, Dion. Amazing, I was a strong, and then Daniel was crying loads, and I said, "Look, this is the the cards we've been dealt with." Yes, Let's push on. Yeah. Well, no, I, I just take my hat off to you guys, both of you. But, but I mean, it's just. And she's and she's there. That she's there. Yeah. She's there, Dion, yeah. and it's all thanks, you know, to your massive. Yeah. What you've done, you've given her your kidney, yeah. and you just go on. Um, I want to thank you from all the other people in Gibraltar who've gone through transplants, who are, who are now supported by you and by what you're trying to do. And and how can people get in touch with you? Uh, we have. Do you we, have like a we, meeting we or a, do you? We have a, a actually on Twitter. Or is it called X now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a Gibraltar transplant support group. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we don't use it much, but once this comes out, we will put the link in yes, there so that people start. Excellent, asking. excellent. I know that somebody just recently coming over and had a, trans a liver transplant in the UK. Yes. And, uh, you know, maybe they will contact us at some point because yes. uh, there's a few people here. But before we go off, I'd just like yes. to say one thing. I think I'm here basically because of my wife's and my children's and my friend's persuasion and support that I had. I don't think that without them, I would be here as well. I know how to put my part in, but they certainly played this. So if you were stuck on a desert island, who would you take with you? My wife. What about you, Dion? Um, yeah, definitely Daniel too. 
You're in this forever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Off, I can, I can, I'm, I'm emotional as well. Um, it's been incredible to yeah, hear yeah. your stories, um, and I can only say thank you. That's no, not, thank there's you nothing else us. I can say, and well done for for yeah. what you've been through, and thank yeah. you for sharing the story with me. Glad that you're sharing this too, and it's good for us that you expose this. So Absolutely, I'll do my best to put it everywhere. Yeah. All right, thank you guys very much for coming. Thank you. You've been listening to series three of my podcast, which is called Why Bother? It's a question I've often asked myself, and I'm sure you have too. And I wanted to speak to people about their journeys to success, why they've bothered. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a big thank you, too, to artist Beatrice Garcia for designing the podcast icon. Her website is beatricegarcia.com. Thank you for listening, and please like and rate the show. And should you want to get in touch, my email is rougechip at gmail.com.